Welcome back to Tales Vinyl Tells. I'm Brian Hallgren. On this episode, I'll play some album cuts and some artists that you might or might not know. And I'm going to share some music history and even do some storytelling from the late 60s toward today, wherever absolutely necessary. Vinyl albums, or LPs, have made a big comeback in the last decade. In fact, LP sales have increased over 400% to the tune of $500 million in vinyl sales over the past decade alone. And all the music you hear on this podcast is for the sole enjoyment by and the entertainment of you, the listener, and promotion of the artists and songwriters played. My album collection shrunk for one reason or another, but my good friend David offered to watch over them about 20 years ago, and I've got them back now, and I'm sharing them with you, along with tunes from other sources. Pardon the scratches and the clicks and the skips and the sticks, because some of my LPs, they're over 50 years old, and they've been around me and my shenanigans. But they do still tell the stories that the writers, singers, and bands wanted to tell you. So enjoy the next hour and turn it up. It's in stereo. Now, let's hear today's tales that a vinyl album tells. These are the tales vinyl tells. Truth you might be running from is so small. 
it's as big as the promise, the promise of a coming day. So I'm sailing for tomorrow, my dreams of a dying, and my love is an anchor tied to you, tied with a silver chain. I have my ship and all her flags are flying. She is all that I. The lyric is, when you see the Southern Cross for the first time, you understand now why you came this way. Do you know what the Southern Cross is? Well, it actually consists of four bright stars when you're in the Southern Hemisphere, and they're situated like they're the extremities of a Latin cross. That was Crosby, Stills, and Nash from 1982, and the Daylight Again LP. Hello again, I'm Brian with more Tales Vinyl Tells, and this is Lucky Episode 21, and maybe that's because I have a special treat for you today. I had a convo, I mean I had a conversation, don't you like that word convo, that's pretty hip, right? Well I had a convo with a new friend by the name of Bob Luckin recently. He was a practicing psychotherapist for 50 years or so. And he's also a doctor reverend in the practice of science of mind, now known as the Centers for Spiritual Living. He and his wife Judith minister a group in my childhood town of Lake Worth Beach, Florida. It used to just be Lake Worth, but now it's the beach, even though it's not on the beach. It's, it's near the beach. Anyway, when we're back there, we attend the, uh, the Center for Spiritual Living frequently. 
where Bob and his wife Judith uh, minister the group of people. But right now, though, uh, we're able to catch up with some of their meetings because they share on Zoom on Sunday mornings. And they bring a message, about a half-hour message each Sunday. And it is available on Facebook as well as uh, you can subscribe to their Zoom link. Bob has a lot of insight to share, and it's going to take two episodes of Tales Vinyl Tells to give you what he has to offer and still give us time to get lots of music in. Tales Vinyl Tells is definitely evolving, and if you haven't noticed, time doesn't stand still. So you might want to grab a pen and paper, and you might want to take down some information because he's going to throw some song titles, some uh, artists, as well as some events that you might want to refer back to. And we're going to hear a song today that was recreated across three decades, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We're going to hear a Kennedy Center salute, and the Kennedy Center honors on YouTube are just amazing. Uh, we're also going to hear a sweet remake of a John Lennon tune. And of course, there's going to be more here on Tales of Vinyl Tales, so join in. Turn it up if you want to. It is in stereo, and it's time to get some music on.
three versions and three decades of a great rock and roll tune. Hope you like that. This is Tales Vinyl Tales. That's durability. And here is the first part of our interview with Bob Luckin. So how you doing today, Bob? I'm doing fine. It's a great day. Had yes. a great morning, and I got a bunch of ideas for some some new writing. Mm, you know, good. the best kind of the day I can have is the day when I wake up with something to write about. Yeah, I like those days when I wake up on the green side of the grass. I've always thought that's a good idea. Although <laughs> I've, I've been curious about the roots, I, I will get to those later. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everybody. We're in conversation once again on Tales Vinyl Tells, and I have a, a new friend, and I'm, I'm glad to have you with us. You, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Bob Luckin, L-U-C-K-I-N, and for those of you that ever want to be in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, that's Bob Luckin, and uh, I have lots of friends and love talking to people, so that's the best way to communicate it. Plus, I do have a website. Uh, the website is my, uh, my my new book that's just been released, and I'll talk about that in a bit. Great. So, uh, I mean, Brian, I wanted to say, first off, thank you so much for being a person who is finding records, finding music, finding the joy, finding the love, and finding the passion in music and sharing it on the air, because we can't have too much music, and you're doing an exquisite job. You're the minister of music, in my mind, and that's worth paying attention to. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. And one of the one of the big things that I, I know we're going to get around to talking about is, and I don't know if you want to call it music for therapy, but maybe you can give us a little bit of background on you so we'll understand a little bit more the angle you're coming from today. Sure, sure. Uh, I grew up in a dysfunctional family, unlike everyone else who grew up in a normal family. <laughs> and probably because I grew up in a dysfunctional family, the only way I could find function was I eventually became a trained therapist, a mental health counselor, and did that for 50 years. But at the same time, I was an artist or became an artist. In 1973, I became an artist. I started drawing. And I hadn't stopped. And at the same time, I was a passionate music lover. So if you put the three things together, being a therapist, uh, being a writer, and being an artist and loving music, uh, you begin to see a person come out of that that hears music in all of life, looks for the poetry in all of life, and understands that understanding is important. So that sort of compartmentalizes it all. What I discovered, because some years ago I had a recording studio, and because I've always been interested in things having to do with sound and vibration, that is that music is vibration, and that music really is a language that's wired into the DNA of every one of us. It, it's, and, and why that's important is, is that if you think about it, everything in your life, if you were to decide to, you'd find a soundtrack for it. Every mood, every condition, every mm -hmm. situation. And possibly, without even paying attention to it, there's a soundtrack that's actually running, that is sometimes when you're talking or when a conversation's going on, you could actually tap your foot to the rhythm of it, and you could find the music in it. And so that's become a really interesting thing for me is to find the music in life, to find the music in conversation, and to find love and light and joy in, in music, which really is a, a wonderful way to focus ourselves and to, and to pay attention to life at its best. And uh, so I, I would say that music is love. 
and love his music. There you go. And that's a very interesting comment about how we can put a piece of music to every every mood, every moment. Um, and I had heard too that people who talk to themselves, even under their breath, really are pretty connected people that they do have an ongoing conversation. They're not just, they're not just sporadically going here, there, there, and there, but they're actually analyzing things in their thoughts. And I can see how, you know, music, I, I got to give it credit back to my parents, especially my father. Uh, when we were youngins, he would go out in the yard in South Florida and be pulling weeds, and he'd have his transistor radio on, and he'd be listening to, you know, whatever station was on the air. But that's how I got uh, turned on to people like George Shearing. Sure, sure. Oscar well, Peterson. When I was growing up, my father, was, he played uh, played piano. He was, he played by ear, so he didn't have any formal training, but he, he'd been raised with music as, a, as an important part of his life. So we were forced to listen to music for hours on end, to sit still and listen without making a sound or without moving into everything from Chopin to Lawrence Welk, mm. uh, Madhavani, Andre Castellanos, Percy mm-hmm. Faye, that's that, that was the era that he was alive in. That was beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, music. Arturo Toscanini and, uh, mm-hmm. and everything that the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestra played, we got to listen to. I had to listen to it. I was made to listen to it. <laughs> but what that did for me was it awoke me to a language I didn't know I had and made me come to love music. And so there was, a, after that, in fact, it's interesting now when I put on a piece of music, I don't want anybody talking to the music because I don't want them to hear it. Music is not designed for background unless it's a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I, but I think that was my early learning, which is that music is fundamental to life. Music is, a, is an essential to life. And uh, so, yeah, we have our parents to thank in many cases for either having taken lessons or having listened or having been a having been uh, exposed to it, we wouldn't necessarily have done it on our own. Have, having been exposed or forced, in it sounds yeah. like in your case, but, but it has had such a positive effect over time. Um, do you have a memory of a song that you heard early, early on that still really triggers some powerful emotions? Probably the strongest that I can think of that... Uh, was Arturo Toscanini's version of Finlandia. And uh, it was interesting because I I would listen to that and there's a particular passage in it which goes, very intense, Mm -hmm. very powerful, very passionate. Mm -hmm. Years later, uh, when I was old enough to have my own recording equipment and be able to buy records and all of that, I bought a Columbia version of Finlandia by Eugene Ormandy. Mm -hmm. And I got, and I sat back and I listened and it went, Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> and it was then that I realized the voice that the conductor and the orchestra gave to the music was part of the music. Mm-hmm. They had to they had to embody it. But the, the, the composer has an intention, has a, has a body of a feeling and emotion involved in the music. And then when the person performs it, they have a chance to to have a relationship with it.
good example of that, and you can look this up later if you want to. Cindy Lauper uh, does back in uh, back. T- uh, if I could turn back time, it's a live performance she does for a shared tribute, and uh, it's extraordinary. But what's extraordinary is when you get to the end of her singing it. I don't know whether she even knows she's going to be able to get to where she wants to go. So she has moved this song from a song to an adventure. <laughs> it's a wild and crazy adventure. And you're thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe she's delivering this. And she delivers it. And she engages you. And so what she does is she opens up the conversation in the heart in a way that only music can, mm-hmm. but only a real performer can as opposed to somebody who just sings a song. <clears throat> well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great, uh, if you get a chance to see it, it's a, it's a really uh, great piece of work. I will definitely, and, uh, definitely take a look at that. If I could turn back time If I could find a way I'd take back those words that'll hurt you And you'd say I don't know why I did the things I did I don't know why I said the things I said Cries like a knife, it could cut deep inside Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes I didn't really mean to hurt you
Of course, that's Cindy Lauper saluting Cher at the Kennedy Center Honors in 2018. Yes, Cher, Cindy lied to you. She was not in L.A. She was waiting to celebrate you. Now, Bob Luckin is our interviewed guest today on Tales Vinyl Tells. I want to appreciate all of you. I want to show gratitude for all of you for your feedback about all of our 20 podcasts so far. They're all downloadable, so you can listen to them anytime, anywhere. There are no ads, and they're recorded in stereo for you to enjoy. Now, back to our interview with Bob Luckin. You know, there's a, uh, if I if I can share, there's, sure, sure. there's one of those this, songs. This could, this, this could be your program, too, if you want it to be. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, really, that's nice of you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 as, as we've been talking here, and I asked you the question about a song that might have inspired you at a very young age, you know, I, I wanted to share that, and it's not something that I would just be able to share on you know, the podcast from, from episode to episode. But when I was uh, probably, I don't know, three years old, four years old, I had some some minor surgery done to, uh, to correct a hernia. And I was in the hospital for, I don't know, maybe overnight. <clears throat> but I do remember that, uh, I believe it was my mother gave me a little black lamb and... It was a wind-up lamb, so it had a music box inside it. And even to this day, my granddaughter has that lamb. So that lamb is on Social Security. Uh, but the, the the lamb played Brahms' lullaby. And, oh, beautiful. Oh, and, and it, you know what it would do? It would lull me off to sleep, and it would make me feel secure. And I, I'm getting, you know, my, my hair is rising on my arms right now as I'm talking about it, that... The, just the the memory of that music just mm-hmm. does and this this is really what a lot of the music of our generation of past generations does it invokes or evokes memories and sometimes it I've noticed some things I'll hear and I'll smell something like you know cherry pie or apple pie or Thanksgiving or something like that that's an interesting thing, and what you don't realize, or what we often don't realize, is how how music and experiences like that are wired into the consciousness in a way that uh, we're not aware of. I, an example that I was walking down the street many years ago, walking down the street, feeling good, or feeling, it's not necessarily feeling anything, just walking down the street, and all of a sudden, I was hit with this overwhelming sense of sadness, and I thought, God, what's that about? This is a nice day. And so I backed up and walked back to where I started just a few minutes before. And as I walked back, I, I heard music coming out of the storefront. Mm. And I listened and I thought, oh my God, it's a love song. <laughs> well, and it was a love song that had been played uh, during a relationship that I was involved in that didn't work out. Mm. And so subliminally, without even knowing it, that song, as I walked by the storefront, clicked off the memory of that experience 
and I had an immediate level of sadness, but also the opposite is just as true. I've had times of sadness when all of a sudden I changed the channel in my mind, mm -hmm. turned on a piece of music, and had enough energy to go out of the 12 hours. Wow. You know, it, yeah. you know it, it's, 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 it's extraordinary how, how that can bolster. Or, but think about that in relationship to people that are sick. Think about people that are sick listening to sad music as opposed to listening to music that would lift them. And I don't mean lyrically, I mean musically. Mm -hmm. Music right. that has that has an energy to it. Uh, a good example of that, and, and again, you can look this up if you want to, is Corey Henry. Uh, he plays organ. He, he plays, uh, uh, yeah, Corey Henry. It's a solo tribute to Melvin Crispell. Uh, and when you listen to him play and play, you hear him bringing the energy of the person that he's doing the tribute to you hear him bringing the healing and the light mm -hmm. you see the people in the audience <laughs> the funny thing is the person standing next to him i think doesn't really get it <laughs> and it's kind of waiting for him to be over it keeps looking at him like what are you doing <laughs> so you really you have this wonderful contrast as you're looking at corey playing like his heart is in it 110 percent mm -hmm. and the man standing next to him who i think must be probably the public speaker waiting for his chance to speak is like <laughs> how long is this going to go on and it's a it's a five-minute clip on youtube but what's amazing to me is again that is a group of people being lifted up not by the not by the, the words but by the sound by the combination of sound mm -hmm. it just enriches and empowers and lifts them up and I, I really want to say that for, for people that are that are not doing well physically in particular if you can surround yourself with music that lifts you up, that empowers you, music from your childhood that makes you feel good. But the other piece of that too is you need to do it with a good pair of headphones or a decent pair of speakers if you think you can listen to uplifting music uh, that's powerful and that has all kinds of fabric and texture through computer speakers, uh, you've just missed half the boat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like going on a cruise in a kayak. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't get to the smorgasbord. So uh, and music is a smorgasbord, right. and so you, you really want to have you want to have that, that that open space for yourself. And I know this is a bit of a tangent, but it, but it's an important piece because music is healing. Music music generates the consciousness for healing, mm -hmm. and if we use it well in our own lives, we can have it be healing for us too. And I particularly recommend this for people during the COVID uh, nineteen. Where people are alone and feeling isolated and separate. Right. Uh, you know, I, I the other day I was uh, just thinking about you know how alone we are, and I picked up uh, went to YouTube and I found the Lion King Circle of Life, mm. and uh, the woman singing it. She's featuring featuring the London Gay Men's Choir, and uh, and the reason I picked this up, there's lots of people doing this particular version, but when you see her standing in front of the choir and you see the way she delivers the song. If you can't be lifted up by this, probably you were declared dead earlier than the song started. So it's you know it's one of those powerful things that just just really really reaches into the fabric of, of who you are. stood up and walked away from the organ. Corey Henry, 
on the organ paying tribute to Melvin Crispell. Was that an awesome tune he played? The video on YouTube shows how busy those hands and those feet were. Just a, a crazy tune called Wonderful Is Your Name. So this is Tales Vinyl Tells. Here's more with Bob Luckin. Another one like that is Herbie Hancock's Imagine, where he features Pink and Seal in India and a bunch of other people. But what's really interesting in this project, on the Herbie Hancock project, is he does Imagine as a song. And when he begins to play it, he plays it like a song. He plays it like you would have heard the Beatles playing it. Mm -hmm. But then he begins to add voices to it. He begins to add instruments to it. And what you end up with by the end of this, this wonderful seven-minute uh, feature is an experience with Imagine. And so I think this is a good demonstration of music transforming, music moving us from hearing and listening to experiencing and being. It's hard when you watch this and listen to all the people and see the way it's shot, not to be engaged in the experience of it. And so Imagine is a song, Imagine is a vision, Imagine is a divine and amazing expression of life at its very best. Imagine is a feast. It's all of those things. And it ends in seven minutes and 21 seconds. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you think about music being able to do that. How many conversations can you have where in less than five minutes, you can cause, cause what we would call a major state change, I'm still, an emotional state change? I'm still working on those. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, ex except I have a gun and I will shoot and kill you, aside from something that dramatic. I right. mean, that, that, that gets your attention and immediately everything in your entire body changes. Music does the same thing, though, without a threat, without danger. Which is why I think concerts are such a big deal for people, because they want to be in that energy. Basically, another way of saying this is we have a lot of negative energy, a lot of negative conversation that goes on in the background. Mm -hmm. We can't always get rid of that. But music makes a louder noise in favor of good than in favor of the things we were listening to. And if you can't get rid of what's bothering you, maybe you can make a louder noise in favor of what you'd like to have in favor of you. I got to so say. I think it's, it's something to, to think about. You know, and, yeah. and if, you, if you're, uh, I can remember uh, we're talking about music, and, and, and I mean, we have to, I want to, because it's, it's such an important vital part of, of what you do and, and what, I, what I've lived through. For my 20th, I think, or 19th birthday, uh, a woman decided she would buy me tickets to a concert. And uh, so we went to the concert hall and, and I'm sitting there and out comes this guy wearing blue jeans and a plaid shirt and a banjo and I'm thinking, oh shit, this is not going <laughs> to be good. Well, he opened his mouth and after about three minutes of his talking, I already, I wanted whatever he had, I wanted. And when we sang, we shall overcome, I didn't even know what we were going to overcome, but I mm. wanted to overcome it. Mm. And it was Pete Seeger. I was going to say. 
And when Pete Seeger engages you, he doesn't he doesn't sing a song. He gets you to be part of the singing of the song with him. Mm. And you know, I, I had people on both sides of me standing up singing that song with me. One was about 110 years old, and I, I wasn't sure she could even get up out of her chair, but she wanted to overcome something too. You know, and here we all were singing We Shall Overcome, about 500,000 or whatever people there were in that audience. And it was it was just life-changing. And and yet, if you were to say, so Bob, what specifically changed? I said, I don't know. It was something deeper than words, something deeper that I can't explain. Right. Wow. Music, uh, you, you, you've been a therapist, uh, a psychotherapist, uh, for a long time, you and your wife 50, as well. 50, 50 years, yeah. Wow. Um, some things that I think I think it's worthwhile uh, saying about you is that you are a doctor as well as a reverend, and uh, you and your wife uh, minister the uh, Center for Spiritual Living of the Palm Beaches, which is uh, actually in Lake Worth. And that is where I met you through a friend, through actually my girlfriend's sister. And um, so through your psychotherapy and all, did you use music in your therapy? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. What I actually, uh, I, I did, did two things uh, often, and, and I'll move over to the area of addictions. I did a lot of work with addiction. And I actually made CDs for people or tapes for people they could carry with them when I went out walking which had a conversation in favor of their recovery and music to back it up so they could walk by a bar or a club and not be triggered and not have to go in and have a drink. Mm. And so music became a very important, and I would find their music, not my music. I would say, find me a piece of music that's important to you. Find me a piece of music that every time you hear it, you want to stop whatever you're doing and you want to give it your love and you want to give it your attention. And what I found was that if people could give their love and attention to a piece of music instead of immediate gratification or to a substance, along with a dialogue that suggested, you can do this, you've done it before. These are things that are possible for you. And a gentle conversation that encouraged them. You could help people get over phobias, you could help people get over addiction, you could help people that were impulsive not be so impulsive. Just by having something going on in their head that wasn't their conversation but that they were in favor of that would help them so at that level yes and then i did of course as a psychotherapist i used what we would call an ericksonian approach which is much more subtle and conversational and inviting and uh and what i found was people people changed people got better and uh, that's what of course that's what it's all about but the truth is when you're helping people in mental health what you're trying to do is to find as many different things as possible that, it, that favor their, their life working. Music, sunshine, relationships, mm -hmm. good food, good conversation, spiritual understanding or spiritual depth doesn't have to be there, but when it's there, it's, it's, it's another leg they can stand on. And the question is, how many legs can you have that hold you up so that if any one of those is broken, you're not left alone or you're not left high and dry. Mm -hmm. And many people that are struggling with mental disorders or with addiction, uh, they're, they're standing on one leg rather than three or four or five or six. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much for that leg to get sawed off and for them to fall flat. So, so yes, music becomes a very important part. But music is also uh, has another, another vital role.
imagine there's no countries It isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die for And no Try 
did a seminar sometime back and, and uh, with a bunch of uh, about 30, 40 people, most of whom were older people, uh, older meaning uh, they were well past 55. And they didn't go to movies anymore. They stopped going to movies a long time ago because their movies would stop being played. So they were just sort of home a lot. And I said, let's do, I want to play soundtracks from different movies. And I want you to tell me what's going on with the soundtracks. What do you think the movie is about? Every single soundtrack was good enough and the people that were listening were capable or able enough to be able to identify the theme of the movie just because of the soundtrack. Wow. So so what that's what why that's so important is is that maybe what we need to be doing is having more soundtracks in the background of our own of our own experience. And I mean literally find a soundtrack you like and play that and then talk to us mm-hmm. and uh, and have a dialogue. Soundtracks often too will tell you that it's okay to feel or, or to anticipate feeling or open you up to feeling while you're busy watch, watching or listening to the dialogue. So what would be a conversation? So when, when you say, oh crap, I can't believe I have to do this again, what would be a soundtrack for that? <laughs> so or, or what would be the soundtrack for? You know what's amazing is I've fallen down a lot of times, but I've always gotten back up. Right. So that's a, that's a lift me up song. So so for that one, you could have a very different uh, different 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 choice of music. Another thing I've also done is I've worked a lot with hospice and uh, I made soundtracks for dying. Wow. And, uh, and people people often, they, they didn't want to die in quiet. They wanted to die with something in the background mm-hmm. that encouraged them to this process. Right. Uh, one person that I actually, I used the theme song from uh, Gladiator uh, for that. I used, uh, I've often used as a background and along with the conversation uh, let's see what is it? It's an old folk folk song in, in, in a the New World Symphony, uh, "Coming Home." Mm-hmm. I think it's Dvorak, and uh, 
or coming home is a beautiful piece of music that can be coming home to a relationship. It can be coming home to the other side, but it invites, it lifts you and gently takes you. The theme music or the soundtrack from On Golden Palm, which is a movie about seniors, mm -hmm. has, this, has the space in it that you can enter into it and you can gently, quietly lay down or sit up or just be contemplative. And so that was really important. So as a psychotherapist, yes, I would find if I could, music that would help. Uh, I found it a shortened depression. Uh, it impacted on depression uh, in, a, in a way that was positive. People would often go from being depressed to being very angry and uh, and then often could express the anger and then they weren't depressed anymore because a lot of depression is internalized anger but the person doesn't know what else to do so they just they shut down. What would you say would be some songs, some music that might either describe uh, today or that might help us be lifted up just a little bit? Uh, of course, it, now that, that, that's a tricky one because it really also depends on what, what you like mm -hmm. that feels good. I've been listening to a lot of Playing for Change. It's a group that's, uh, yes. that's ti timely. And uh, What's Up is one of the pieces. Teach Your Children, that it's a Brazilian performance they do, Teach Your Children. I love that because we're all, we all need to be teachable. And so, and I don't listen to the lyrics in most cases, the most songs, I listen to the music and, and, and what it conveys to me. And uh, what it conveys is, is, is uplifting. Uh, I wanna also Queen, uh, Adam Lambert singing Somebody to Love, uh, mm. incredible piece. What I love that really supports and encourages is Elton John's album, one of his favorite albums that he ever did was called Friends. And uh, he, it was actually for a movie. But he said of all the things he's done, it's one of the ones he likes the most. It's inviting, it's, it's warm, it's, it's gentle, it's, it's, uh, it's tender. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at the same time, it's not schmaltzy, you know, it's, uh, it's engaging. Uh, you mentioned playing for change, and I just got turned on to that. I had actually, somewhere along the line, uh, someone somewhere had sent me a link, hey, you got to see this. And it was actually, Amazing. it was actually, the, well, this one was the Doobie Brothers doing Listen to the Music. And yep. for anyone who's not seeing playing for, playing for Change, you can subscribe for as little as $5 a month. And you get, you're supporting this group, which is supporting people making music around the world. And they have like anywhere from, you know, five to 16 or 20 people on a screen who are all, uh, obviously produced, it's been edited, it's beautiful, and people all around the world playing songs that most of us know and love. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the their version of Ripple that the Dead did. Yes, yes. Oh my Lord, that is beautiful. Beautifully done. Just, it, it just they're incredible. And uh, I'm a member, so I, I signed up here a couple of years ago and I've been using them. Uh, and another one is Adam Lambert's performing Believe, which is a tribute to Cher's 44th annual uh, presentation where she was being given an award for, uh, at the, I think it was at the uh, Kennedy Center. But Adam Lambert performing Believe by Cher. By Cher. Okay. And it, it is incredible. I got to tell you, if you're having a hard day and you listen to Tina Turner's Proud Mary uh -huh. at, Wem at Wembley. Live? Uh, yes. In HD on, on, on 
you, you will not be able to sit still. If you're not excited about Tina Turner or that or there's too much lust in there for you, then you can go to Proud Mary, uh, Women of Soul, uh, and that's a live performance done at the Kennedy Center for, uh, for uh, Obama. And he's got five performers. She, uh, there's five, five singers that are singing that. It is outrageously good. It is so beautifully done. Tina vibrates at such a high, a high oh. vibration. Uh, yeah. Any anytime, anytime I've seen her, it's just she's remarkable. The energy that she was able to put out there for for everyone else wasn't for her. So I know. Much. And, and this this was a this concert was one of her later ones, but she's she's she moves everything and and and, and the heart as well. Another one that I, I love for more thoughtful and rich uh, is Dave Grusin's Mountain Dance. It's on the GRP level, a label, a live in session. You can see it also live on uh, uh, on YouTube, the 1985 version. But there's several versions of it, all of which are really good. A couple of which he features a guitarist along with him. Dave Grusin has done a lot of soundtracks. He's the one who did the soundtrack oh. on Golden Pond. Well, yeah, and I think Dave Grusin. Let's see. Was he the one who did um, like Hill Street Blues? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, uh, he, he actually has really bad arthritis, and uh, it's hard to believe that he can play as beautifully as he does with the with the level of arthritis. His, his brother also is a is a keyboard uh, pianist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, on this particular live version, he plays with Lee Rittenauer, who's very good in guitar, <laughs> and uh, Larry Williams on saxophone. Lee Rittenauer. There's there's another one of those. One of those Classic. musicians. Oh my gosh, he is so talented. Uh, are you yeah. are you familiar with his projects? A twist of Jobim, no. A twist no. of Marley and a twist of Motown. He no, but I would love to. Oh I'll my, have to look it up. check it out. These are, yeah. I mean, he brings in class A and class B artists, but it's people like Al Jarreau. Uh, I think it's. Uh, Olita Adams, uh, oh my gosh, Lee Rittenauer is just amazing how he put all that stuff together. And it's like, these are old songs, but they're brand new when you hear them. Because well, and that's, that's the thing, is that, that music, when it's played, when it's played by people that, that, that love, they bring the love to the music and love brings it alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, a, a, a bassist that's worth paying attention to is Victor Wooten, if you've never heard him. Uh, Victor the, uh, Wooten lives Victor here. Uh, or just outside of Kingston Springs, where I live. Pretty we, amazing. We know Victor. There's that John Lennon tune I promised you. What a remake with Herbie Hancock, India.Ari, Beck, Seal, and a lot of great artists whose names I cannot pronounce. That's from Herbie's LP called the Imagine Project. Hope you're enjoying our chat with Bob Luckin today, covering lots of musical basses, and I'm digging up as many tunes as I can to fit in or, or under this interview. Music under. Some of the music under came from Deodato, from 2001 Space Odyssey, his version of... Also, Spock Zarathustra. Do, 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 do. That one. Mountain Dance from Dave Grusin was also heard. 
What an awesome group. His brother plays keyboards with him. Uh, also, Marcus Miller is on bass. Harvey Mason from Foreplay with Bob James is on drums. And that song actually came from the soundtrack of Falling in Love, a motion picture starring Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro. And Dave Grusin also scored that motion picture. Do you want to know when there's a new Tales Vinyl Tales episode ready for you? Well, if you haven't done it already, you could join the Tales Vinyl Tales Album Club on Facebook. You could email me at talesvinyltales at gmail.com. Or you could even call and leave me a voice message at 615-581-7682. And this is Tales Vinyl Tales. Here we go, zeroing in on election time here in 2020. And a reminder, your vote counts. By now, uh, it's too late in Tennessee to register to vote. But if you already registered, you can get an absentee ballot under a lot of conditions. In fact, you can go to tnvote.org to find that out. And it's actually tnvote.com. Early voting starts the 14th and will run through Thursday, October 29th. And actually, you can also go to govotetn.com here in Tennessee. Uh, we have got a very important election here. And I encourage you to use your voice, your vote, and make a good choice. We're going to get back to more Tales Vinyl Tales with a tune from the Playing for Change band recorded in concert in Brazil. And we're going to wind up our interview with Bob Luckin next time. You heard Bob mention playing for change. Uh, that was a movement that was born in 2002, created to inspire and connect the world through music. Now, the idea for the project came from a common belief that music has the power to break down boundaries and overcome distances between people. The co-founders hit the streets of America with a mobile recording studio and cameras in search of inspiration and the heartbeat of the people. And that musical journey resulted in the award-winning documentary, A Cinematic Discovery of Street Music. No matter who you are or where you come from, we are all united through music. And you're encouraged to support this nonprofit movement by becoming a member at playingforchange.com for as little as $5 a month. Together, we will make the world a better place. That's a direct quote. You can watch Playing for Change on YouTube. It's truly an amazing journey in music with people all around the world, connected together through a Zoom-type environment. It's just awesome. Our interviewed guest today, Bob Luckin, will be back next time. And he says that music is love, and love is music. And I could not agree more.
from the city of Tel Aviv, Israel, Mistulo. That is the Playing for Change band in concert in Brazil with that great Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song. I'm still looking for your input on the Continents episode of Tales Vinyl Tells. We have some great suggestions and we're trying to put some songs together with the continents of the world. And uh, still open for another probably couple weeks for your input. Our email address is talesvinyltells at gmail.com and the phone number is 615-581-7682 with your ideas. And you've got some great ideas. Keep them coming. Okay? And we will keep all your information private. That is my guarantee to you. We're going to wrap this episode up with a tune that you've probably heard before. It was used quite a bit for a uh, a soda drink ad uh, probably back in the mid-80s, I would guess. And it's written by Antonio Carlos Jobim from an album that you've probably heard a little bit about, A Twist of Jobim. Mm -hmm. And this features Al Jarreau and Olita albums. Aguas de Marco. This is The Waters of March. Enjoy it. Blessings to each of you, to every one of you. Please stay well. See you next time. And thanks so much for listening. It's a fine, a spear, a spike, a point, a nail.
a lot of classic jams for you today. Glad you stayed with us and hope you loved the show. Join other listeners and we'll let you know when a new episode of Tales Vinyl Tells drops. You can join Tales Vinyl Tells Album Club on Facebook, email us at talesvinyltells at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 615-581-7682. I'm Brian. It's been my blast. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time.